So I've got a question for you. Do you have a favorite restaurant? Like maybe it's a place you'd love to go on Saturdays, or maybe it's just a place for special occasions. But when you go, oh boy, look out, it is on. It's like the calories don't count. You're not worried about the diet when you head to this one special place, except when you step on the scale the next day and you're like, ugh, seriously? Why does one night out have to mean I've gained three pounds overnight? It's not fair. Uh-huh. Yeah. Today, we're talking about restaurants. We're getting tactical again so that you can have the gift of looking at how you're thinking about things when you go out and also have several specific strategies to help you and help you feel prepared the next time you're going out to eat. Ready? Let's get after it. Do you ever feel like you know all the diet rules about eat this, but not that, and so you know what to do, but you just have a hard time actually doing it? I'm here to tell you, you are not the problem. Hi, I'm Lizzie. Welcome to the Confident Body Podcast, where we talk about all the mental and emotional parts of weight loss that diets don't tell you. It's time to step past the shame and the guilt from old diets and stop feeling like you're waiting to lose weight in order to fully participate in life. If you're ready to drop the diet mindset and learn what it takes to truly feel happy and confident in your own skin, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Welcome back. Thank you so, so very much for being here today. Um, I was thinking that with a lot of these episodes, we kind of bounce back and forth between sort of the mental aspect of weight loss. And sometimes you just need some tactical steps, some, some tactical advice for like, how do I handle when life is not perfect, which is, you know, most of the time. And so today we're more on the tactical side. We're talking about how do you handle it when you go out to a restaurant and basically you want to go out to eat, but you don't want to wreck your progress. So let's start with how are you thinking about it? When you go out to a restaurant, what are you thinking? So there's lots of different answers here, like potentially you're thinking, oh no, it's so hard for me to stay on track when I go to a restaurant. Or maybe you're thinking, yeah, I get to eat whatever I want. Let's go. Or maybe you're thinking, this isn't fair. It should not derail me that much. Or perhaps you're thinking, I'll save up for the restaurant. Or I don't get to eat this food very often, so I want to make it really worth it. Or I want to get my money's worth. Any way you're thinking about it is okay. But I just want you to get a little bit of clarity around what is the story in your head around this restaurant. So for example, back in the day when we were doing our diets, I think this was the, the slow carb diet. It was basically, it was one where you're, you know, you're not supposed to eat uh, flour or white sugar for six days. And then the seventh day you, or, you know, a, a, a one day of the week, you get to have a cheat day where you can eat whatever you want. And I was like, oh, I am all in on this cheat day thing. Let's go. And see, I really love breakfast food and we would save up calories all week. And then Saturdays, we would go to Panera. And it was like the kids had the soccer games, you know, maybe like 10 in the morning. So we go to Panera first thing. And I would have like all the carbs. I especially remember they had this like cinnamon apple sugary bagel thing that was like buttery and sweet. And I was like, Oh, bring it, bring it on. I just always looked forward to Saturdays because who wouldn't, right? But I began to notice on those Saturday afternoons, I began to feel really lethargic and kind of grumpy on Saturday afternoons and sort of all around kind of blech. And over time, like it took me a while, trust me, 
I began to wonder if maybe my weekly Panera habit was one that was making me feel good, or maybe it wasn't necessarily one that I wanted to keep, which is also interesting because I was like, my, my body was like, I don't know if we like this, but my brain was like, but no, I love it. It's my, it's my whoopee. My brain wanted to hold on to this pattern because it felt good. And so I struggled with it mentally. When we did eventually decide to stop going quite as often, there felt like this kind of a loss, like I was sort of sad to miss that treat. And if you've ever felt that way, it's okay. Honor that. And remind yourself what you are choosing instead. You're choosing to feel good. You're choosing to honor yourself. You're choosing to eat food that feels good and tastes good. So, by the way, it's not our fault that this happens. And it's not our fault that restaurants are hard because we end up gaining three pounds afterwards because the restaurant industry has set up to make you eat more and spend more. So first of all, serving sizes have dramatically increased over the last couple of decades. One meal at a restaurant is legitimately two or three regular size servings, regular portion sizes. And it can be tough to save you know, a half or even more of that portion that's on your plate when we've got that narrative in our minds of like, clean your plate, or I want to get my money's worth. I know that's definitely something that I struggle with, that if there's food in front of me, I pretty much want to finish it. And so it can be hard to not eat everything that's in front of you, even if you know it's too much food, even if you know it's more food than you actually want or need to feel full. If you're interested, go back to episode number 24 about not letting food go to waste. That's where we talk a lot about the clean your plate club and I want to get my money's worth and how to handle that mental narrative around wasting food uh, that can really get in our heads, particularly when it comes to restaurants with extra large serving sizes. Like I said, I know this is something that I struggle with. And so I actually kind of beat myself to the punch by when I order my food, I ask the server, when you bring it to the table, can you also please bring a to-go box? So the server, sometimes they forget, but usually they bring my plate and a to-go box at the same time. So before I even begin eating, I just take the to-go box, I put half of what's on my plate into the box, put it away, and I don't even have to think about it. And so now what I'm looking at is, feels like a more normal size portion, and I get to finish what's on my plate too. So I get to kind of satisfy that clean your plate jingle in my brain, while also not overindulging in a double size portion. Another reason why restaurants make it hard is because while you're waiting for your food, there's that anticipation. And there's the appetizers and the bread basket. And that can make it tough. Like I have to resist this stuff while I'm sitting here. It's just looking at me. So that's hard for number number one, the bread feels like it's free. And if you've ever read Dan Ariely's book called Predictably Irrational, you know that human brains just go bonkers for things that are free. If you've never read it, it's a great book. Dan Ariely, Predictably Irrational. Basically, when we feel like we're getting something for free, we're like, give me all of the things. I want to get, again, my money's worth. It feels like a bonus. So if we're getting bread for free, we're like, well, give me more. 
But here's a sort of secret thing that is going on behind the scenes that helps the restaurant and hurts you. The more time you spend before the meal when you're not actually eating means that there's more time that you're more likely to order drinks. And if you've ever ordered a drink at a restaurant, you know that they're basically double or possibly even triple what normally you could get at the grocery store. And so that's where they make a lot of their money. And so the restaurant is vested in you spending more time before you actually get your food so that you'll order more drinks. Secondly, bread. Specifically, because of the way that bread impacts your system, it spikes your blood sugar. And so when your blood sugar goes up, that then releases insulin from your pancreas. Insulin lowers blood sugar. However, the the body is, is a bit of a blunt instrument in that respect. So often the, the blood sugar spike, the insulin brings it down, but it brings it down a little bit too far. And so about 90 minutes after you get that, have that bread, you're going to have a, a sugar crash, basically a low blood sugar moment, which means part of your brain is thinking, you know, I really could go for something sweet right now. And that means you're more likely to order dessert, which means more money in the pockets of the restaurant. So the restaurant has actively set it up against us so that we spend more time before the meal and we're getting this free food. So A, well, more time before the meal means we're probably going to order more drinks. And that free food spikes the blood sugar. Then, of course, then it's going to have a crash about 90 minutes later when you're finishing your meal and your body's going to say, I think I could go for something sweet right now. Dessert sounds amazing. And you end up spending more money. So it's not your fault that it's hard to stay on track at a restaurant. <sighs> Nevertheless, what are we going to do about it? How do we make restaurants work for us instead of against us? How can we go out and have a good time and not wreck all of our progress? So let's go for three steps. Step number one, figure out how you're thinking about restaurants. Remember the first thing I said, what's your story in your mind about when I go out to eat, dot, dot, dot. How do you complete that sentence? Is it when I go out to eat, I always struggle. Or when I go out to eat, I get to eat whatever I want because it's a special time. Or when I go out to eat, it's not fair that I gain three pounds over the overnight and the scale goes up. Whatever it is, is okay, but just notice. Give yourself the gift of having awareness around your thoughts. Step number two, how can you question that thought a little bit? So for example, I had a really fascinating conversation with a client of mine a couple of weeks ago, and she said, I had a thought that said, I'll focus on eating well during the week, but when we go out, I'll eat whatever I want. And she was like, that's so crazy because what else would I ever say that about? Like, how crazy would it be to, to, to say that like around your thoughts of like, I'll proactively manage my thinking and think positively throughout the week. But on Saturday evenings, I'll just choose to think the lousy thoughts. I'll just let them all in. Like, huh, that's different. Or we can substitute that thought with something else. Like for example, I really love my kids or my partner most of the week, but it's just not fair that I have to love them on Saturday nights too. <laughs> that's like loving and taking care of your body, except when you go out to restaurants. Like if you just substitute those words, sometimes you're like, wow, the way I'm thinking about restaurants is a little crazy. So that's some of the thought work around restaurants. 
And if you want to get tactical, there are lots of ways that you can make going out just a normal part of your weight loss system rather than something that has to wreck all of your progress. So let's talk about some of those tactical steps you can take. So there are a couple of ways to pre-manage your restaurant meal that you could explore. For example, a lot of restaurants have their nutritional information listed on their website. So before you go, search, you know, restaurant name, nutrition info, and see if you can find anything. If you do, then you can pre-plan your meals according to what you want to eat. You can pre-plan how you want to uh, kind of spend your meal and, and what, what do you think you want to order in advance. What you're doing here is you're putting your prefrontal cortex, your planning brain in charge of what do I want to eat rather than waiting till the moment to make a decision because your impulsive brain is the one that's making decisions in the moment. If the restaurant does not have their nutritional information listed, it's no problem. Just look up their menu and see what kind of meals interest you. Look for the healthiest thing you can find. And if that doesn't sound appealing to you, no problem. What's the second healthiest thing you can find? Or maybe you're like, I really am in the mood for burgers and fries tonight, but I'm going to have a starter salad first, like just to you know, level up a tiny bit, 1%. It's okay. 1% level ups make a difference. It's okay. Remember, just be aware of what you're thinking when you're at a restaurant. A lot of times when we open up the menu, the default thought can be like, oh, look at all these things I can't eat. That thought does not help. It makes you feel disempowered and kind of whiny about being on a diet. So instead, empower yourself by opening up the menu and be like, what's the healthiest thing on this menu? What would make my body feel amazing tomorrow? And if it turns out you don't want that, it's fine. Look for the next healthiest thing. Start out with a positive frame of mind about how you want to show up versus telling yourself a lousy story about what you can't have. Also, note about restaurants. Uh, a lot of their food is very salty. And so it's likely that the scale will be up the next day, but mostly because of the salt rather than anything else you eat. So it's very normal. It's just water being kind of soaked up like a sponge in your body. So uh, extra salt in the food at restaurants is likely to show up on the scale. Don't freak out. It's okay. Okay. And finally, the last tactical thing I want you to think about is you don't have to change anything. But if you want to, what is a tiny thing that you can level up? Remember, 1% changes add up. They do count. They do make a difference. They are worth it. So what's a 1% level up? For example, can you have a side salad with the bread at the beginning of your meal? Or maybe even skip the bread. Remember, eating bread will spike your blood sugar and make you hungrier and eat more over the course of the meal. Salad does the opposite because salad is full of fiber that actually slows down the digestion of everything else you're, you end up eating. And so it has a much more muted impact on your blood sugar. Therefore, you won't be craving sugar at the end of the meal. Another tiny level up. Can you have a side of veggies instead of fries? Or if you choose the fries, can you ask for a smaller portion? Another level up, can you get a to-go box at the beginning of the meal? Even if you put a third of your food in the to-go box, that's still a third of it that you didn't eat. And bonus, you get to have more of it tomorrow. So it's like you got two meals for the price of one. 
that always makes me feel so happy. Like, like I got a double bonus of two awesome, excellent meals out for the price of one. Mm, It's like just winning all the time. Anywho, um, another level up is ask if you can have your main meal over um, a salad or over veggies instead of rice or pasta. There are so many tiny level ups you can choose. You can make it work for you rather than against you. If you go out to a restaurant, the next time you feel like you blew it or even felt a little yuck afterwards, just get curious. Use it as an opportunity. Put on those scientist goggles and just wonder, what was it that led me to not thinking through my plan or not following through with my plan? What, what led to that? A lot of times it's just the presence of other people. If someone else is ordering something, you're like, ooh, that looks good. Or you're like, oh, what are they going to think of me ordering a salad? That kind of thing can impact your decisions. It's normal. It's human nature. We are wired to fit in with the tribe. So other people being present and their choices can impact yours. It's okay. Just be aware. Another thing you can get curious about is what choice could I have made differently that I would feel good about today? Like if I could go back and do it differently or next time, what would I like to do instead so I can set myself up for success? Again, all of this is just about curiosity, no blame, no judgment. How can you use each time you go out as a opportunity to learn and get better and grow each time? It's about learning, not perfection. So our tiny confident body action step for this week is... Think about your favorite restaurant. Just one. I just want one restaurant. Now, go online and look at their menu. What do you normally get at this restaurant? And then looking at the rest of the menu, how can you level up this choice just a little bit, a tiny bit? I'm not talking about like a 10% one, not not 10% level up, just a 1% level up. And then remember, be cognizant of how you're thinking about it. It's not punishment or deprivation. This little tiny level up is choosing how you're going to show up for yourself. It is a gift that you're giving to yourself. Okay. So by the way, there is an entire section in my book called the imperfect toolbox that gives you tactical steps for things when life is imperfect, like holidays, travel, and yes, restaurants. (laughs) So if you've ever found yourself struggling to stay on track at restaurants or holidays or travel or all sorts of things, then please check out my book. It's called You Are a Miracle on Amazon. And if there's anything in this episode that has helped you, I would love it if you would please write a review. Your review could help somebody else decide to take a listen, and it might help somebody else feel just a little bit less alone. And that's a win in my book. You know, that last part I almost deleted because it sounded super cheesy, but I'm deciding to keep it because it's actually true. The whole reason why I do this podcast is because I want people to be able to feel like they're not the problem. They're not broken. Our brains are just operating the way they are supposed to, and the diet industry works backwards and works against our brains. And so there is a way to lose weight that works with your natural brain wiring, and you don't have to feel like you're the problem all the time. So if you write a review and help someone feel less alone, that would be a massive win. And remember, love yourself because you deserve to be able to feel the freedom to be able to love and trust yourself no matter where you are at home, at a restaurant, on the road, everywhere. You can trust yourself. I believe in you. All right, that is what I've got for you this week. I'll see you next time. 
so much for listening today. Seriously, I know it's not a small thing and I genuinely appreciate it and I hope it helped you. Make sure you head on over to confidentbody.coach slash tips and sign up for my seven top tips for little shifts that create big results so that you can start feeling confident in your body right now. I will see you next week. And until then, remember, you are a miracle.